I'm John Murphy. I'm Christian Humes. And you're listening to Watch World. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This is uh, Westworld Season 3, Episode 2, The Winter's Line. We'll be discussing, or The Winter Line, sorry, not plural, just singular. The Winter's Line. The win- uh, before we do that, uh, I just actually want to jump into a thought that, like, based on Episode 1 that I couldn't stop mm. thinking about all week. Some mm-hmm. image, Some image, and I think... It just goes to like a fear I have about something. And it was, okay. I couldn't stop thinking about the guy, Martin, who is like the, the head of secrets who gets shot in the head at the end by, and then his clones ma- or his copies made as a host. Okay. And I can't get, stop thinking about that. And it's, it happened to Charlotte too in season two at the end of it. And it's happened to other characters. And I think it's like, I have a fear about like dying and no one knows that you're dying. Like, oh. like as if like your timeline is like just suddenly been paved over by something else. I didn't even consider that part. There's just like like there's something like uh, is jarring to me about that. Yeah, and I hate that it. that makes it even darker and more twisted than I ever considered. Yeah, and so it's like the real story of Charlotte Hale ends pretty abruptly, but no one has any idea. Yeah, and it, it's the same thing. What like the thing is so terrifying to watch, uh, like the idea of like a creature that can just like absorb you and then like you just no one knows that you died because you technically people can still see something that looks like you and yeah, invasion of the body, body snatchers. snatchers yes as we yep. said <laughs> like those things are like i think some of the scariest things to me at least i don't know why there's just something about the idea that you're gone but nobody knows absolutely there definitely is yeah that's wild i didn't con- i really didn't think about that aspect of it um because you're usually thinking about it from the alternative perspective and you're not thinking about the victim because the victim so far on the show has always been bad people um yeah so this is uh i mean that guy actually in some ways wasn't actually like bad either i mean he was when you think about the fact that he was going to kill her and she was like a regular person <laughs> yeah when he thought uh, like she, she, was just some... she was a host but she thought yeah he thought that she was like some sort of spy person right. that was trying to infiltrate the company and his uh, his job Which was to protect the company is basically the government <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah so it's not specifically him per se it's not like i like i like that sure. character but it's just that idea sure. of and the fact that like he got shot by his own like host you right know, just like charlotte did and um it's yeah so i'm sure this is going to happen maybe a couple more times through this through the series uh <laughs> But that's something that, like, for some reason, I kept thinking about from last week to this week. So that's my thought. Um, overall, what did you think about the winter line? Uh, I liked it a lot, mostly because um, although a lot of the things we'll see aren't necessarily like new concepts for the show, they are things that they've they saved for like big moments, like sort of the. The virtual space is something that we didn't see a lot, and it was always something that was really big. I mean, they played with a lot of their toys in their toy box all in one episode, and I think that was a really fun thing. Um, I liked, you know, the concept of War World, and I sort of liked the whole just kind of... um, It was a little bit uh, Groundhog's Day in, like, that Maeve's kind of been through all this before, and she's not going to be tricked so easily by it again. And she was able to kind of see through you know, the yeah. wizard's trick. She was able to like, you know, she's like, okay, there's someone behind the curtain. I see the curtain. I'm going to take care of it. And I, I actually really liked the way that she used simple computer logic to fight against them. That I thought was the best part of the episode um, by having the computer essentially 
Oh, she overpowered the computer by using the computer's own like yeah. faults against itself. Power. I thought that was yeah. I thought that was, that was like really clever. Um, and I mean we'll talk about it, but I really like I just can't get over the design that like whoever does the concepts art and design and the visual effects for the show is really phenomenal because all of the robots, like everything we've seen in the outside world and obviously in Westworld, um, I just I love I loved that that robot that they had made. And it was it, it was so good, and I thought they did. I actually watched. Did you watch the post video uh, that they usually do? I I actually didn't watch it this time. For it was awesome as a, as a record. I'll probably watch it after this recording, but um, I I just didn't. We were timing wise, I just didn't get a chance to watch. Yeah, it, it so didn't. It um, essentially what they did was for that robot, and that's mostly what they talked about. The security robot at the end. They actually had a guy rigged up in like full mocap and everything. It reminds uh, me of the so it was robot. really lifelike. It reminds me of the robot in Solo that Phoebe Waller-Bridge plays. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's got some real thick thunder thighs. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was uh, it was it was great. I I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, and also, I mean, like Maeve is one of the best characters in the show. Yeah, I thought so. like the whole I thought the Maeve actually storyline was the best part of the episode, and just hundred percent. Um. You know, the idea that like I was I'm glad that they weren't retreading some things that I thought maybe when they first well, as we get into it, I thought they were going to like, oh, we're going to like kind of feel like this is all kind of repeating itself a little bit more. Um, right. And I'm glad they, they switched it up. Um, so that part I liked. I did find the Bernard Ashley Stubbs kind of storyline to be a little um, just kind of a fetch quest like. In, uh, yeah, in- and it is. It definitely is. It's, and and so it, it felt like that whole section it 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 felt a little weak to me um in the sense that like I've seen this type of storyline before I've seen them go to like other backstages of parks before hinting at other things um, yeah and so and so that felt a little bit weaker to me but well um, the one thing I'll say to that and this doesn't necessarily contradict what you're saying um but what I liked about that is it felt like what someone who would be in Bernard's position would do. Because I feel like a lot of the time when you watch shows like this, you you know, like, oh, there's those places in the park. And oh, what about the deep storage? Like, can't they just like do that? And like the writers never write the characters as if they're like people that live and breathe in the world and have knowledge of the world. And yeah. it's like what they did actually makes sense for him. Was it the most interesting thing for us to watch in many ways? Not necessarily, but I kind of appreciated that it felt like someone that was like a real person would make those decisions. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I get that. I'm and just like talking from a, Chubbs. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just talking more from like just the broader perspective of what we've seen before. And, and I, obviously they're, they're just, they're laying pavement right now for yeah the later part of the season. So like Absolutely. they have to get this like stuff out of the way. It's just, it's kind of like the episode two malaise. Sometimes you get in these seasons where they're just kind of setting up and, um, yeah. Not quite. I, I I just made the comparison that in previous seasons, it's like those reveals were, I think, much more of a big point of like, oh, there's right. other parks, there's other worlds that they've like created, and like you're seeing the kind of behind the scenes of them. So by the time this kind of happens, you're a little bit like, okay, like I've seen this in season one and season two. Um, it's it's still like fun to watch. It's just not as compelling as what previously was. Yeah. But I will say for someone like me, because, you know, you've been expecting this to mostly take place outside of the park. I think it was good for viewers like me who really still cared a lot about the park world 
And so this episode was a very, like, I think, comforting way for them to be like, hey, it's not about the park anymore. And this, is pro- and this actually know, might be the last time we see the park. Uh, um, <laughs> for now. I, I am still 100% certain they, just like in every kind of hero's journey, will have to return to the park. Because there's a lie that's told in this that I think is supposed to seem like a lie. But we also know it's true. And that's that the forge has not been dismantled. We know the forge is still around. Because we've seen the future where the future versions of Man in Black are just going through this cycle in the at the Forge. So um, there's no way that doesn't come into play at some point in the future. So we're definitely going to return to the parks. But this episode was like a way to tell people like me, like, hey, the park's cool and everything. But like sort of the, the way you're saying it was so dismissive, like these things that would be important kind of don't matter now. Yeah. And that was like a good way to tell me that because... If you had told me, like, hey, this is going to be all outside of the world, I would have gone into this season a little bit more bummed. And getting this, like, whole episode with all the kind of park stuff, like, and they threw a lot of it at me, all that kind of stuff I liked, I feel now satisfied. Like, I got my park experience for the season. And if we don't really go back for the rest of the season, I'm not going to be disappointed anymore. So I think think maybe it works for me for that reason. But since you already kind of figured out that wasn't going to be important, you're just sitting there waiting for them to wrap it up the whole time. Yeah. Which I get. I get that. Um, because you had kind of come to that conclusion already. <laughs> yeah. I get, this episode's kind of easy to talk about because it's really split between just two characters. Maybe Absolutely. Should we, so. Let's do the shorter one first, right? Let's just knock out Bernard and okay. Chubbs, and then we can you talk about Chubbs Maeve. or Stubbs? Chubbs. <laughs> Stubbs. Is it? Yeah, well, I know, but he's, he's, he's packed it oh, up, so man. Oh, it's an icon, He's a beefy boy now. Yeah, he's got this little, like, he's got a muscular little boy look to him, which is... Yeah, I think he looks good because I think like so before, like he's still jacked, right? But he's he's put on some meat yeah. now. He's, but he still uh, has like a cute serving. little boy face. Well, I'll say that, but also I think his face before, when he was more like like cut, he looked sort of like an uncanny version of his brothers. Whereas now he kind of has his own look yeah, to him. At that's least. true. <laughs> I don't see like knockoff Chris Hemsworth. No. When I'm watching it now, like I'm like, okay, well, this is the first time you see him without a like a shirt on. He's got like a tank top on. So like, this is how you see the That's guns. True. He may have had the guns before. You just never really saw it because he was in all black. Really? That's true. That's um, fair. I spent um, a lot of time on Ashley Stubbs' physique here. Yeah. Who who would have thought? But we get the confirmation that I guess we discussed last week, which was, yes, he is a host. Um, although they never officially actually said it. They just kind of teased at it. And now it's for real. For... Yeah. I mean, he sort of said it, but it, like they definitely never gave us a direct... Until yeah, now, for sure. Um, I mean, to the point in which that we had basically forgotten, <laughs> as many people. Yeah, did. which is why the the sort of jump scare in the scene when Bernard returns to the house where all his, Bernards are, um, and he finds uh, Ashley kind of, you know, basically dead. Um, I knew I knew he was a host. He was going to wake up at some point, or something was going to happen. And so when he does, it's like I know they were trying to go to the fact that like he was human and he committed suicide and. It's like, nope, he's he missed and he's still alive. And uh, because his prime directive was to make sure keep four or keep Arnold alive or Bernard alive and then and protect the, and protect host. the host. And once yeah. that was done, his prime directive was then to kill himself, which um, I would guess the reason he went down there was he was looking for Bernard and there were no Bernards left. So he was like, OK, I guess I'm done yeah. here. Uh, it really throws into question, like, how long has he been down there <laughs> like dead? <laughs> pseudo like when did that happen you know well, what sure, i mean it happened pretty quickly i'm guess it, from when 
Well, no, there's no way though, because then like, why would wouldn't the QA people be like, Stubbs, you're alive? Like, Stubbs, where have you been? Well, that's what the guy, the guys you later know? were like, like that. <laughs> they were like, where have you been, man? Oh, that's fair. But I feel like it would be a bigger question if it's been more than a week. You know, if it's been like six months since anyone's seen Stubbs and I was just roaming around, I feel like it'd be like a slightly more. Well, I'm sure that he. Yeah, it's been what it's been six months since the massacre, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming that um, that he, you know, was on, in the park. Something must have happened. He went to then go to where the Bernards are, and then ultimately like ended his program. Yeah. I, yeah, it can't be too far because like guys still recognize him, and so right. That's what I'm saying. So and he, he probably was around during a lot of the transition and stuff. There were probably a lot of hosts he was still trying to protect during that time. Um, because we do see something which will call into stuff about Maeve, but he's like, oh, I know where Maeve will be. And it seems like all of the old hosts are there. Like they are basically done with any of the old hosts and they're probably just building new hosts at this point. Well, I don't even think they're building new hosts at at this point because I'm assuming that Westworld is now, it's defunct, it's not open or anything. Like they've gotten rid of all the hosts uh-huh. there. Um, probably Shogun World and the Raj are also because they had things going on there. They probably are shut down. Well, Charlotte said that they were just going to they were going to demolish the stuff and rebuild and everything. She said, tell them to keep operating and get everything up and running right. the the last time we saw them. So it'd be weird for them to just, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you would want to, I think, if I was a company, I would probably maybe not continue the brands that were the source of these problems. Well, but I guess that was her whole pitch to them was like, this is a bigger deal to us than everyone else. It was like, what, 130 people died and most of them were board members? Like, who cares? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I was just thinking of later when Stubbs is like, these people are all just kind of waiting to get laid off. And yeah. that, that's my assuming yeah. that, they, oh, that's like, fair. Is it they're that's just fair. like waiting to close down and they just don't know. So they're just keeping working. And so I don't know if they've actually built any new hosts. They're just kind of retooling the same old ones. That's a good point. And that might be why all the pearls were being housed in that one location where Maeve is. Yeah. Um, because maybe they're, maybe that was like, a, collect our important assets for now and then don't do anything until we know what we're doing. Yeah. And they needed to run the, keep, keep the brains from the body. And they needed to run the simulations to see, you know, if, yeah. as we learn later, if, if certain hosts are the threats that they, that them. Oh, yeah. That's really smart. I didn't really think about that fact. Um, so basically, they meet up. Bernard brings them back. There was a very kind of grim scene when you see that why Ashley killed himself and how he missed and he just like blood. I thought he, I thought the actor did a great job yeah. there. Uh, I thought, I thought he did a very good job with that. I really. A lot of actors um, in the. In it this, was not easy. A lot to of watch. actors in this scenes acting like um, broken programs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. everyone's like kind of having to like twitch and do interesting things. Um, not not sure how much it's actual actors doing it or versus special effects, but. Yeah, right but it's kind of cool i did really enjoy how he took out the rest of the qa team and how he was like just run like he didn't use the gun he picked up the axe not to kill anyone with it but because he could use it to knock people out and he just used like the butt of the uh, i felt like that was the weirdest part of the of this episode to me oh really they like shoot it from like a weird angle from like from almost bernard uh, Bar- uh bernard's pov where it's like through yeah. the door and you see that in the hall. I'm like, did they just not really like want to choreograph this in a way? Because you don't really actually see him ever like use the axe on people. He just kind of like 
swings it maybe a couple times. You see kind of someone maybe go down, and then like they all start. Running. You see, you see one or two hits from the from yeah, the yeah, butt yeah. Of it, it was oh. just a weirdly shot. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't have the, the stunt coordinator that day or something. They just <laughs> maybe, <laughs> I maybe, think, but yeah. yeah. Between that, right, I, um, I, the D and D cameo, and just like the kind of rehashing the behind the scenes world but it's medieval world now like that felt like the weakest part of the episode to me overall interesting because i i really liked that scene specifically because of something that also happens in the episode when she's looking through the security camera and she's talking to the you know the fake version of um oh wait gosh. but I, I we're talking about maven simon yet no i know but uh i am also because it's important for the scene so you learn something we knew which is that like they react faster yeah because just their brains their processing is so much faster that's why they were always so much more deadly than people and it was hard to take them out so when you see how much faster they're looking at everything and all the humans seem like they're in slow motion that made the stub scene when he's able to just take out all these dudes with assault rifles with this melee weapon make way more sense to me and so i, I found that really enjoyable in a way that like i it, it it was lame, but I was like, oh, like I understand how he'd be capable of doing this for that reason. I don't know if I agree with that because I think maybe specifically talking about in the in the simulation that they're in because it's processing like they're they're running it much faster. That's why they it seems like she they can things move, and that's why the outside world moves much slower than they are right now. Well, that's true, but her brain's still able to comprehend information that quickly. Yes, no, because if her pearl couldn't, then it wouldn't matter. No, yeah, that's why I, I get that. But then, for your thing, what you're also suggesting, like that wouldn't that would only make sense though. Then why does Dolores get like shot and like can't aim and like isn't like murdering people left and right really easily in episode one? Like she kind of is like going toe to toe with some guys and isn't able to necessarily kill them really easily if she has that ability to like process power really like fat. Yes, she probably does. And like they can, it's just yeah, not a I, given. So uh, what I'll say about that is that whole episode, that whole part of that first episode felt weird to me. Cause in the past we saw hosts just have like impeccable, perfect aim and they were just taking people out left and right. Um, so I actually thought she was doing that on purpose at the time. Maybe. Yeah. Like I thought that was like part of her plan to like lure people in or something for that reason. Cause I think she didn't want to like give up maybe, I don't know, because every time we saw a host before, they were able to hit every shot perfectly because they had, like, computer-like accuracy. Yeah, you could, you could up their accuracy and strength and, yeah. and, you know, maybe she turned all their settings yeah, down so or something. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, that actually, the <laughs> it's funny how you, you read it that way for subs, but I was actually, when I watched her scene, I was like, why is she missing? I was like, how is she getting shot? For that reason, because yeah. I was just like, shouldn't she be better at this? Well, subs also, <laughs> like, he was obviously not trying to kill them. He was just right. trying to. He wouldn't want to hurt those people as well, you know. Of course, right. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I'm not questioning like what Stubbs did. It's like I didn't like that. It's much more of like I felt like the way it was just kind of presented was a little strange. Um, no, that's fair. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was great. Even though I, I love, I, just, like, I thought it was conceptually. I love I liked. every time they shoot at the Pacific Design Center, and <laughs> it looks <laughs> great. Make, always makes it great set for those little back offices there um it, yeah it looked great um uh, i guess to talk about what bernard what so what bernard was trying trying to do is he finds a, a basically a terminal that is not uh corrupted i guess to what dolores did just one that dolores had touched and so he's looking back in the past of what happened and 
I don't know. Is there anything to I like at the time? I wasn't necessarily paying too much attention to like the imagery we were seeing. I don't know. What, did anything catch your eye in that that we should be aware of? No, I didn't pick up on anything in particular. It seemed incredibly important, but it it does seem as if he's afraid of his other self, and so I think he's afraid of Dolores. And he's pinning that on his other self. And that's like, I mean, I said it last week, but I do think that it's ultimately going to come to a moment where he's going to have to recombine himself. He's not going to be able to be the sort of Jekyll Hyde thing. And so this felt almost like uh, he doesn't want to believe that he has this bad side of him. And he feels like it's something that was put in him. And Dolores is corrupting him to make him that way. But actually, like, sorry, Bernard, maybe that's just part of who you are. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, one, one complaint about the dragon, um, uh, a, I don't know how they get that dragon out of that room that they're working on. Totally. And then two, I believe that's a, that's a weird departure for these parks to have a fantastical animal like that in a, what they're trying to sell, which is real sort of history that you can like live and. Oh, you think? I thought that makes perfect sense. Like, I mean, I, obviously, I hope for a Jurassic Park, but if you're going to have a medieval world, wouldn't this be the perfect way to, like, sell, like, a dragon if they could make it really fly and really breathe fire and you could actually fight it? But I was saying if you're trying to sell, like, oh, go to medieval world, like, it'd be more like the authentic medieval world, not fantasy world. That's true, but I don't know if people want to go to the authentic. I don't know. Well, if you go to Westworld, it's not like they're going to have, I don't know, some sort of, like fantastical western thing you have to defeat like well but it, it sort of is because right like westworld's based on like all the like cowboy movies it's not based on what it was really like for cowboys yeah but they don't have like oh you got to defeat an elk well i think just because there's probably no media for that like maybe like what's the closest thing they could pull cowboys and aliens they have like well, a robot Daniel of, like, come oh, out. you gotta go like track down el chupacabra or like you know, some like fantastical thing from lore that's not actually like based in any reality. Yeah, I guess the difference there, and this is just me saying this, of course, like, I mean, no one can be wrong about this. This is just an opinion. <laughs> but the difference there to me is that I don't think there's a fantastical element that when people think cowboys, they think anything fantastical. I think there are obviously stories like that, but I don't think that's one in one. But when people think medieval, they think knights and they think dragons and they think King Arthur and stuff like well, that. Okay, I, I'm I'm just more of a like what they should have. They should be selling Robin Hood, the world of Robin Hood, not King Arthur necessarily. Sure. Where like sure. Robin Hood is a more realistic world and character based in real things. Um, and yeah. going off of what that we've seen in Westworld and Shogun World and even the Raj, that's all tr you're trying to sell a certain era. That seems authentic. Right. And as soon as you are yes. trying to shoot at a dragon, that seems like, oh, this seems a little bit inauthentic. Now, maybe it's a, a radical direction that the the Delos organization is trying to go in. Maybe like to boost yeah. park attendance or like, oh, come take down a dragon. Um, but I, yeah. I for, for me, if I was a purist, I would be like, no, you want, you know, to see because I want I want not just a dragon, but I want like a wizard's wand <laughs> or staff or something. Well, then you know? make that specifically like fantasy world. Sure. You know, sell that yeah. as like, oh, this is where you can go to more fantastical things. And yeah, but you know, because I, I, <laughs> for Westeros me, medieval world. world, I would want like, you know, jousting to be with the king's court, you know, more yeah. authentic things to what probably happened. Anyway, that's so true. That's, that's my weird rant. That's true. For... That's fair. <laughs> 
And the fact that it's, you know, Benioff and Weiss at the Aaron that scene. Right. Toe, is... But, I mean, I'm sure that was a decision that was made before the final season came out. I, uh, yes, yes. The whole, that whole section there was. Yeah. <laughs> like, if this, has, if this scene had aired before season eight of Game of Thrones, I'd be like, oh, cool, they did the thing everyone's about. Well, what if they about. did that last season? <laughs> like, they, they go in behind the scenes and they, run, and they have to walk through medieval world or whatever. Yeah. And they see this. People were like, yeah, awesome. And now it's That's just like, like if, Absolutely. If that had happened before the final season of Game of Thrones, I definitely would have been like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was still, I think it was still fun for most people. I think for most people, it was still fun. Um, and, uh, okay, so moving on, the, uh, this whole storyline with ends with basically Bernard's like, all right, Ashley, you're coming with me. We're leaving Westworld, and uh, you're going to be my like bodyguard, basically. I'm programming you. Yeah, and this this goes back. I mean, obviously, there's like a big theme of like slavery and um, autonomy in Westworld. I mean, that's like a lot of what the show is built around. Yeah. Um, this scene was really kind of dark and twisted in the fact that like Stubbs has made it clear that he doesn't want to do anything anymore. He wants to fulfill his directive and be done. Um, but it also seems like Stubbs does not have much autonomy, and so Bernard was kind of like, "I'm gonna take advantage of that." Mm, yeah, and and he says to him like, "You could have asked. Like, if you asked me to protect you, like, I would have done it." <laughs> yeah, but he had to change his, his core directive. I think that's which is yeah. Then to like ask you like, if your core directive can be changed, you know, are you really real? Or if you're given no core directive, does that make you any more real than a host that has one that is as specific as his? That's a good point. You know, he maybe only said that because his directive had been changed. I guess we'll never know. Yeah. Um, that's that's the way either I took, way it's kind of fucked up the way i took it was that he you know it, it it shows you that there are different types of hosts um with sort of mave dolores and bernard being the three most powerful of all the hosts um in this world and so and then there's this sort of people that they can essentially control so right or, you know um and the question is uh, which of them is the best to rule humanity i don't know well, I, the point is should be that no one's ruling humanity. <laughs> well, or who's the best to eliminate humanity from this world? Let's uh, or 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 eliminate. No one should be eliminating humanity. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't think Bernard. I mean, Bernard's whole thing is that like he wants to stop Dolores. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Maeve doesn't give a shit. No, she is now going as we will yeah. dive into this, but she now has a out of self protect she's got to protect herself and i mean there's we'll talk about mave now but the whole storyline with Stubbs and bernard directly mirrors what mave is going through oh yeah because mave is going to essentially be forced into making a decision here to possibly help someone that she doesn't she wouldn't have chosen to do and like she wanted to kill herself the same way Stubbs did and she wasn't allowed to do that by the simula- like you know so um i wonder if that means that Stubbs is going to actually be set up for a big role this season with the way that they just mirrored him with Maeve potentially you know and like Maeve has had to go you know she's had to work with or basically she's made two humans work for her she's kind of had a very diverse yeah. uh you know journey of different types of people that she's had to work with and so I think she has a much more full uh, yeah interesting kind of perspective on things it's making me think that she will be the thing, the catalyst that causes Bernard to have to recombine, and she'll probably be the only person who can. She'll be the you know the one who can make that happen. Yeah, you know she'll see Bernard. She'll be like, "You're becoming the thing that you hate." 
Like, you're forcing other hosts to do what you want. You're trying to kill the Lord. Like, how are you any better than them? She's like, and you're fighting yourself. Like, let me help you kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but let's see if Maeve can help herself. Where does Maeve start in War World? Um, a little bit. It's a loop, you know, just like kind of in seasons one. Um, though she's completely aware of it right away. Um, After Yeah, basically by the end of the first loop. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Hector has been re- repurposed in this world. Poor Hector. Yeah. Or I guess it's not really, but yeah, he's, he's there. Um, you know, I thought, I thought this was all cool. Um, I had, things I liked in this sort of storyline, the world world section was like, she takes her cyanide pill and stabs it in the guy's eye. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> um, I love how in like, it's just like in regular, like shooting games, how they were able to just sneak by like the town square of guards very easily for some reason. <laughs> Which is made like yeah. you know they allow that in video games. You're just like yeah, as long as they don't look directly in, in where I'm going, they have no peripheral vision. <laughs> yeah, it was. I really liked the whole loop because it was just like we didn't know the whole thing was fake yet, which I figured it out like sort of right before the reveal. Um, I, it was great. It was a great reveal. Yeah. I thought, but even like the Hector part, like she didn't. We didn't know that Hector wasn't Hector. Like they played it well. Like that, he recognized her, but it was actually because of the storyline. I was like, "Oh shit, that's a bummer." Well, they so yeah, I didn't pick up on it until maybe a little bit later because so essentially, like she dies and she wakes up, and then um, uh, not Lutz, who's the other guy, um, Felix. Felix, yeah, Felix is working on her with the, with another tech. She like grabs his arm, and by his reaction, I thought like, "Oh, this is real," because it seems like he. He knows, but and that, that's just a simulation, knowing like exactly certain things. So, um, trying to sell her on this, and then like Lutz has a different reaction. He runs away, like he calls security, and I think once Simon enters the picture, and you're like kind of, oh, he's come back. He didn't die. I was like, uh, something's up here. Something is interesting. Yeah, I felt like it was a little cheap, but I was also instantly bought into it because I think, like me, there's a lot of people who wanted some humans. And he went from this, like, really annoying character to someone that I liked in his death. And then I was like, I kind of wish he had been alive. So when they showed him alive, I was like, you know what? I don't care if it's kind of lame that they're like, no, he survived because I just wanted someone to be alive. <laughs> and so I they, they sold me for that because that's what I wanted, I guess. Yeah, no, I because I, in that moment I was like, okay, either he's a host that has been, he's yeah. created uh, in this way, or or there's something bigger going on, um, right, it, within this, and so that's why, like I and and it wasn't, I guess we you know it's revealed then. I think when's the actual reveal that it's a simulation per se? Is it? Um, that happens as he's like starting to break down that's right yeah so because when they when, when he takes him takes her to the forge and he's like show me what you did like how how did you open up to the the other the sort of encrypted world right. where all the other hosts are um that's that's where like oh yeah like you see the, the background starting to change he's kind of flipping out um because he's he unlike hosts he was actually created kind of like how James Delos is and these other things where he's, you know, actually trying to take the human uh, thing that's been t- copied of him, I guess, and created right. a thing. And yeah. so he, and he doesn't pass the fidelity test. And that's why he like starts twitching out. Unlike actual hosts who like 
are different when they know when they realize their their reality isn't real it's because they they were never real to begin with right so that's that was the difference uh, that was kind of interesting in that way and how he you know i th- i thought the the performance of that actor i think was really good yes throughout this episode yes um so i mean i guess what we should talk about here is i mean war world was very cool i enjoyed it and i i liked it was like a quick romp in war world uh, love the Groundhog's Day loop. But the best part of the episode for me was her solution to get out of the simulation. Because all I kept thinking in my head was, okay, cool. You know you're in a simulation. What are you going to do? You break the simulation. You can't go anywhere. You're a ball. Yeah. You're a ball in something. So, like, what is your plan here? Um, and when they do the reveal and they show the security robot who's maintaining all of these pearls... And she, like, targets her own, and she has to get the system to override first, so she has to, like, over overload the system. Yeah. The way she takes, like, those two, uh, you know, QA people or scientists, whatever so they, they were, <laughs> they do, like, like that was that's, like, a thing that's popped up in so many forms of media, where, like, you tell a computer, like, divide by zero or something. You give it, like, an impossible task. Yeah. But, but then they, like made it better because I loved like the way they sort of explained it to viewers who maybe didn't understand the concept by throwing the statue and then it just freezes. But then the big set piece of like, you saw all the people in the room, just crowding the room, all talking to each other. And then they go out and she's in war world. The new loop is starting and she's like, no, actually all of you are the spies. Yeah, and she it's gives just everyone like, the paper and <laughs> it's the greatest Mexican standoff anyone's ever seen, but with Nazis <laughs> And then it all freezes. And that was, I think, one of the, like, most fun. Like, I th- that felt fun. Like, in a way, they haven't done, like, a fun thing in a while on Westworld. Yeah, that was that was the best part of the episode of, like, once you kind of realize it is a simulation and it's, like, how does she get out of it? That's where it's, like, okay, now they're doing something new that, like, I haven't seen before. or we, And we have not, the show hasn't done before. So that was all cool. And, and then her escape from this, you know, facility or wherever she is. I think was all pretty cool with the robot and stuff. Yeah. And when the robot went down, it was like, it was kind of a bummer, man. (laughs) Yeah. Just shows you can shoot enough bullets into a robot and they can just go down. Yeah, they just go down. (laughs) Um, Though I did did feel like those like four security guards that were doing it, I'm like, that's kind of dangerous for you all standing across from each other while shooting machine guns. I was like, you could all hit each other. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Ricochet off of the middle body. Yeah. Absolutely. I was like, poor choice in, uh, you know, tactical planning there, dudes. Um, 100%. And th- so then Maeve finally wakes up in the real world. She's her, uh, her pearl is put inside a real body or her real body, I guess, her host body. Um, and that's when she meets what appears to be the, going to be the, I guess, villain of the season, uh, Serac, played by the always evil Vincent Cassell. But see, that's the interesting thing. Is he the villain? Like, who is a villain in I this guess world? Anta- I would say antagonist player? to our our characters. Yeah, because, I mean, he's going to be the antagonist to Dolores. Yes, but he's but also... Isn't Dolores not good? Like, I still feel Dolores is a bad person. It depends, because I guess it depends on how you view what the world is and who is controlling the world and whether or not they are, say, if their plans for the future are good or bad. Mm. Because I would say from a visual standpoint, yes, they've using this technology to basically write the right history, as he would explain. Like before this machine was created, 
humans were a chaotic mess that just stumbled into history and just, you know, it was crazy. And then until this machine, they were now able to actually predict and write what they wanted the future to be, Um, which can be a good thing. But we don't quite know what Serac's ultimate goal is or anything. Um, Well, I think his ultimate goal is to just continue eliciting control over society, which is in in the means of people believing that, like, you know, maybe there aren't really wars and there's less crime and things like that, but obviously people have no choice anymore. Yeah, it's it's sort of like the the elves conundrum of elves can live forever and they're sort of like these, you know, pinnacle of sort of like Mm. almost a humanity-like society, but they're kind of boring and, like, lifeless. (laughs) Right, right. And there's not, like, there's no, they kind of, you're kind of like, what's the point? Right, and it's a little bit like the host. Like, people are essentially seemingly given jobs, they're given roles, and, like, their life is dictated for them by this machine, it seems like, in this universe. Yeah, but is it what makes us human is the the chaos of it all. It's choice, which, but Dolores' whole thing is humans never have choice. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you're you're predictable. Yeah, I don't know exactly what, we all kind of don't really know what everybody wants, really. (laughs) Right. But all I know is that when you cast Vincent Cassell as like a character who's generally been a bad guy in things or like a because he has such a evil French face, you know, yes. um, you, 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 your mind immediately go. And maybe that's on purpose. Maybe they want you to not like him or think. He's, oh, he feels like a bad guy. I agree. And the fact that he's programmed the body that May has been put into, he can control it. He can right. he can stop her from doing things. Because he knew that she would try to kill. Yes. <laughs> so he's smart. So, yeah. Because the machine told yeah. him to. That's like the moral conjury here is like there it seems like no one is really a good person. Yeah, I get the sense like maybe Stubbs. Maybe Stubbs is the only good person right now. Because he's Stubbs a he's a Felix. soldier. Only yeah. soldiers are good. But like he did, like he wouldn't even kill the humans though. He's like, I'm just gonna knock him out, okay? Yeah. I would say the most like probably the yeah, I would say him and Bernard are probably the most morally, like, at least leaning good. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Everyone's kind of very much in a gray area. Um, but I, uh, for for Serac, I get a sense of uh, a lot of um, Ozymandias from Watchmen a little bit. Oh, big time. Where big it's time. like, oh, I have plans. I'm here to save humanity. It kind of requires me to do some really, really, you know, humanity altering things but like maybe has a point yeah you know to build a better future sometimes you gotta like fundamentally change how we like function as people and think and feel so um it is interesting i'm i'm like he's although i i did have some you know did maybe enjoy the episode as much as you did i i just it doesn't necessarily make me like not enjoy what's to come ahead like i still am like right gonna have fun well watching. like you said it's a setup episode yes. so that's part of why it's less enjoyable overall yes um but it was it's it's an episode that was definitely also built for someone like me who just enjoys the park part of it a lot because that has always been sort of my favorite part about it is the park aspect of it um so what do you think what, what do you think his deal is because his whole deal was you know obviously the whole season two was all about the forge you know so the first season was like you got to find the maze then the second season was you got to find the forge and now it's like this sphere right that sort of like is like the controlling force of society in the world yeah um i wonder what it's 
what's gone wrong with it? And is it just the fact that there's an emergent force in, aka the host and or Dolores? And what caused that? Was it the encrypted life forms that were sent into the data stream from the forge? Or was it just Dolores getting off island? Like which thing caused the problem? Well, I think I think what is interesting is that obviously this device, this sphere, sphere device, it helps you write the future you want, but you have to like kind of write the future for it. You have to write the log line of what you want the future for, to be. Right. And then it kind of works from there. I think I, I don't really actually know what the machine actually does or how like what can, it's like a chicken or egg. Like what came first it or its existence or the humans that invented it and did it or did it take that over already? And it's now like trying to write its own thing. Yeah, that like, that's fair. Maybe they don't have control. But it seems as of right now, it's Serac and whatever interest that he represents, like they have written the history or they they write what they want the future to be, and now this thing is kind of protecting that vision in whatever way it can. And Dolores is, it has discovered, they first thought it was Maeve. That's why they're doing the whole simulation. Now it's, they realize it is Dolores is the one that's actually causing this. So, yeah. Um, well, as far as what his interests are, it just, and this is the only reason why, like, obviously he definitely seems like a little bit menacing, but it felt like they're trying to frame it in the opposite way. And so there's part of me that wonders, like, are they purposely trying to throw us for the loop with the way that they have, like, brought this guy in and introduced him to make us question if he's going to be good or bad? Because, like, they had him donned in all white, and he's sitting there, and he's offering food and offering her a seat at the table. And he's like, well, if you're not going to—if you're just going to try to kill me, then forget it. But I'll give you another chance again. We'll try this again. But um, it's like, is that just like a, you know, wolf in disguise, kind of wolf with sheep's clothing kind of— Like, what— or are they assuming that we're going to think that and it's actually true and they're faking us out by making us think, other, you know, it's uh, and that's why, like, the casting him is interesting because yeah. it makes you think he's going to be a bad guy, possibly. I think it's this because I think maybe they're going to the whole big broad idea that, like, the people that control how the world operates, it's their biggest obstacle is that the system that they make will eventually run out of the ability to maintain control either by the earth's supply goes bad you know other factors rise up and disrupt what their control is and so for Sirak and the people he like what he represents it's like they want to maintain control of the world and also make it sustainable and this is the way to do that is like by balancing sort of a green new future that allows them to never ever run out of things and be able to keep people happy and satisfied, but never having right. to actually change any of this, like the, what makes them powerful and what makes them have control. Right. And so that's maybe my theory is that what what's about. And that, you know, part of that was Westworld and the ability to create this other life that we humans could then exploit for our own personal benefit to get out emotions like anger and rage and bloodlust and stuff and Dolores wants to change that because she's a victim of that and certain hosts want to change that um but maybe Sirac and all these people realize like that like Westworld kind of needs to exist if we want to live in this sort of elf-like future of oh perfect I didn't balance think about that like we need we need a place about... to go like like we need violent video games in order to like 
exhaust yeah. our like human emotions. Well, especially the people that are in control, because yes. those are the people that go to Westworld, yes. the powerful people, and then they're going to make decisions. I didn't think that like he could be going about this all wrong. Maybe the problem isn't that Dolores has left Westworld. It's the problem that Westworld is shut down. Yeah, and that a significant amount of the host's sort of identities have vanished into a, an encrypted world yeah. that they can't find. So who knows? But I think from a very direct uh, problem, Dolores is a problem like that he has to deal with because she's coming after him. Definitely. So I think, and they wouldn't set up, like we wouldn't be following all these characters just to have them, at least m- some of them not be, you know, people we want to care about and we want to have see succeed. You know, I maybe they're going to learn a little bit from Game of Thrones in the sense that you don't, follow Daenerys and then suddenly make her the villain like in the last three episodes. Um, and I hope they don't really do that with Dolores or Maeve. But see, you say that, but I feel like she's been the villain since the second season. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like, yes and no. It's like you kind of want her... It, obviously, they're going to go about it different, but ultimately, I don't know. It's like... It, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say what exactly makes it different, but I'm just saying like they don't want... Dolores to maybe start to seem good by the end of the season and then suddenly make her bad again or you know it's maybe they maybe they will make her bad maybe her storyline ends the season and then it becomes a, a Maeve Bernard thing oh I think the man in black is the thing that'll take her down in the end yeah because I like her whole thing is like I think her detests for humanity and like what they've done to her and she you know she had that love affair with the man in black when he, in his youth and then she watched him become this old man that she hates um but now i feel like she has gone down the same path and she's just becoming the thing that she hates every day and so i think like a version of him that has now become what she is a host is like the only thing that could stop her maybe in a way yeah it's a lot to think about that's what i hope that's what i hope i hope i hope he we get a, a reprisal of that character coming back but yeah it's um it's it's fun and interesting that we actually it does seem like don't have any idea necessarily where it's going. There's a lot of different paths they could take right now with yeah. all of these characters. I think we have most of the players on the field right now pretty set up minus William, Man in Black, I think, because we yeah. haven't seen where he is. Um, we have the device that's kind of everything's being centered around, the new Forge. Um, yeah, and, uh, and then I guess the question is like, yeah, we, we just don't know where it's going to, where this is all leading to yet, but... Um, and the big question will be who else Dolores brought with her. because, And that's what they start teasing in the next episode. Yeah, it was Charlotte. Yeah. In the preview, they're like, remember who you are, but you need to be this other person. And it's like, yeah, who, which who, I, it's got, it has to be Abernathy or Teddy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I, I you don't know Teddy enough about the, Abernathy. You, you don't know enough about the other people that followed Dolores or are close enough with her to like, for that storyline to be, I think it's Teddy. I think it, it, to, to give it some real weight <laughs> and then to ask him, hey, now you're this woman and you ha- who has a child and you have to take care of. <laughs> but I thought that she te- sent Teddy through the forge. So that was the only thing. Yeah, I guess. But then... But they had the backups. Yeah, it's a, it's a real... It's a real... Uh... It could be anything. We don't know. Yeah. Could be Clem. <laughs> could be Clem. Good old Clem. Uh, okay, John. I think that's an episode. Yep, I think that is. Uh, I look forward to next week, which is the absence of field. The absence of field. Yes. So, 
Uh, so I have a quote for you this week. It was by Maeve, and uh, it's when she's in the forge. She looks down, she sees the red blood, and she says, she wanted a revolution. All right. Until next time, we'll see you. Bye.